Good morning. Good morning, everybody. My name is Isaac Lederach, and I'm an ASL interpreting major here at GC. And today I have the pleasure to introduce two people who have given their lives to the betterment of learning in uh, the public school systems. They are Jim Kirkton and Phil Lederach, and both are principals at Goshen High School. This is not their only similarity either. These two gentlemen are both English majors and both have connections here at Goshen College. Jim's wife, Vicki, is the director of nursing here, and Phil happens to be my dad. You'll have to let me know if we look alike after chapel today. Jim became principal at GHS about nine years ago, and before this, he worked in schools in both Indiana and Illinois as an English teacher, administrator, and football coach. My dad became assistant principal at GHS around the same time and Jim, as Jim took over as principal. Before coming to, uh, to the Goshen schools, he worked as an English teacher at Northridge High School. Today we'll get a glimpse at the various ways they are trying to make the educational process better at GHS and why they care so much about public education. Let's give them our full attention. Good morning and welcome. Uh, last week, we had a, uh, visitors at Goshen High School, and it was really kind of an unusual set of visitors. And uh, they were from MTV. They came to Goshen High School to interview students for a program called MADE. And I don't know if any of you have ever seen MADE. Most of us older folks had, had no real familiarity with it. But it is a program where students identify a goal that they have, and then MTV sends out experts to help them attain that goal, and they film snippets along the way as kids work towards that. Uh, they were to come Friday after school and interview students for two to five minutes, and uh, we had about 55 students that showed up to be interviewed for that. I think that's a pretty telling tale about a public school and what we do. Those 55 students that showed up, almost all of those students were not the kids who get a lot of attention because they get in trouble all the time. And they all, almost all of those students were not the kids that are the more academic, more involved students. But it's more or less the students that go through school, go through life, and often aren't noticed. But you see, those kids have goals too. And it was a very interesting day for me. We started at 3.30 after school, and the last one finished at 7.30. To let you know how important this was to those students, only three students out of that 55 did not stay till the very end, a four-hour time of, of interviewing. Almost all the students were the, what we would call the more invisible students, but as I talked to them, they talked about what their goal was. And they had a whole variety of goals, to sing, to uh, learn how to ride a skateboard, to learn how to cook, a whole number of things. One wanted to be a model. And uh, the girl from MTV interviewed them, took videos of them, and then stacked up 50-some applications, of which none may ever be chosen for the show because they're in the area and they are interviewing at other schools as well. I think that's why we do public education, because people have goals no matter what. And it's not about the survival of the fittest. 
there was one group of girls that came in that what we would call the more involved, athletic, uh, ones that you see. And I thought when they got there, they came in a little late, and so they got numbers in the 50s to be interviewed. And I'm thinking, these girls will never stay because they already have people to help them get their goals. And sure enough, they all left except one. And one girl stayed and studied and sat there until her number came up and she was the very last one to be interviewed. Because uh, Mr. Lederach and I wrote a book called uh, Building a School of One, One School's Journey. And in a school of one, that's a place where every student is valued for what they are individually. Public schools are, are interesting organizations and institutions because they, they are one of the few institutions in our culture that gets everybody, with a few exceptions. Because kids come through our doors from all, all stages of life, all walks of life. Not everybody goes to a church, for example, to uh, uh, an organization like the Boys and Girls Club, to uh, any, uh, any number of organizations. E even our social systems, like Social Security and welfare, that doesn't cover everybody. But public schools pretty much is the open door, and we take who walks in. So our work goes beyond being simply something that's important or a good thing to do. It becomes really a moral obligation, a moral imperative for us to do well with those kids that walk through our doors. And that gives us tremendous opportunities that, that almost nobody else has. It also gives a very difficult task to meet the needs of everybody that walks through those doors. Take a second and in your mind think, I bet every one of you, it won't take long for you to think of a teacher that made a significant impact on your life. I mean, you could probably, it probably jumped into your mind, and if it didn't, it just takes you a few seconds. That's the impact that public schools can offer the kids that walk in through our doors. See, in some ways, I'm a Goshen College graduate, and in some ways, the goals at Goshen High School and the goals at Goshen College are not that dissimilar. When I was here, the, the, the statement that was everywhere was culture for service. Now, it, now it's healing the world piece by piece. That is what we are also going to describe. Both of those vision statements are going to be described today as we walk through this presentation. I'm a Mennonite farm boy from central Illinois, and I had taught English for 23 years, including grade 7 through grade 12. I ended up teaching mostly grade 12. I'm not a farm boy. I... My parents, who are sitting over here, moved because Dad was a pastor. Every year I went to a different elementary school. They probably aren't going to want to hear this. Uh, for first grade through sixth grade, I was at a different elementary school every year. I came through Heston College, came through Goshen College, was an English major, and did my student teaching at Goshen High School. And then left and went to Puerto Rico, Kansas, and northern Indiana to teach English for 22 years. He's got me beat by one. I uh, did my student teaching at a school in Illinois that was a coal mining town and mostly Polish names. 
Uh, I also taught in Goshen. I taught in Stanwood, Iowa, in New Haven, Indiana, and I've also worked at Heritage High, Junior Senior High School in Hoagland, Indiana, then Cherubusco Middle School, and Goshen High School. And I taught middle school for the first eight years, and then high school for after that. Uh, I'll move on to a little hint for you. I met my wife right over there. Uh, it, 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 gentlemen, if, if your love life is questionable, hang out by the mailboxes. It worked in 1977. I'm almost certain it will work again. Just a little hint. When my wife and I lived here, our house was right across the street. And the people that hung out at our house were the Goshen College students that came over into our garage to smoke. <laughs> Many nights we got home to, and there were little burning lights in our back of our garage. We have eight grandchildren. I have nine kids. <laughs> Isaac's number three. Uh, Sarah and Noah are off and out of the house, and the others are still hanging around. And uh, they, they range in age from, from seven up until college age. I was a troubled student. When I went to college, I had to go to four different colleges before I finally graduated, and none of those four was Goshen College. I was a compliant student. Uh, I usually did what I was supposed to do and went to Heston College for two years because my parents were, were professors there, came to Goshen College, and enjoyed the experience here very much. When I went to college, I never had to play the Mennonite game because no one recognized the name Kirkton as a Mennonite name. Letter Rock is a Mennonite game winner. Uh, I used to be the son of John and Yomi. Now I'm the brother of John Paul. And more recently, the dad of Isaac. I'd had no clue what 606 was. I could never do the harmony. Well, that's just a little bit about us. Uh, we, as uh, Isaac suggested, we came together nine years ago uh, with a, trying to figure out what, what we were doing and where we were going. But we knew we were getting into education and looking at education that was set up uh, 100 years ago. And it's called, we call it the factory system. We still talk about it being the assembly line system. And what happens on an assembly line system is as long as things move down the line, everything works perfectly. And I hope for you, for everyone in this audience, that that factory system that you came, that you came from works. You spend 180 days in second grade, the teacher's plugging in the things you're supposed to learn in second grade. And as you move along, if you have that when you're done, then you move along to third grade. Occasionally, you'll have to go back and repeat something. But that's the way our system works. It is a factory model, and when we talk factory model, it means it's highly production-oriented uh, and it's efficient cost-wise when you give everybody the same thing at the same time. The weakness of that system is that people aren't factories, aren't like in factories. The product you can't control. If you don't like uh, 
the, the product that you buy from a factory to put on your conveyor belt, you send it back. You can't do that in public education. You can't send kids back. And plugging it in at the same time for everyone really doesn't work very well. Do you believe that kids learn at different times and in different ways? That's more than a rhetorical question. Do you believe that? That kids learn at different times in different ways? If you say yes, thank you. I thought I was hoping somebody would. One if, brave, we have one brave soul Somebody here. give that kid extra credit. I don't know. If you say yes to that question, then why do we have a system that moves like that, that assumes that every kid is going to learn the same way at the same time? See, in, in schools, and probably the schools that you were in, you have three variables. You have time, you have support, and you have learning. Traditionally, the thing that has been constant is the time. Every once in a while, support changes, and the learning has been the variable. So everybody in third grade learns this. Everybody in American history learns this, and it takes a semester to do it. And if everybody learned at the same time in the same way, that would work very well. The key is, how do you make learning the constant, and the only way to do that is to change the time and support that you give the students. That that I just described is almost impossible to do in the system we have. It's, there, you, can, you can approach doing it, but it's a very difficult task. The, um, the job of schools at one time was to sort students out, and that was okay. This group of students here that could stay on that conveyor belt had a chance to get advanced education and move into jobs requiring advanced uh, at levels of education. Others uh, that were sorted out early went to very manual labor positions, and others that were sorted out later went to uh, professions that uh, required mostly manual labor as well. Uh, at this point, they're projecting that 85% of the jobs will require additional education. In other words, what you're doing here you should be part of, what, 85%, and there's only 15% left over. Well, that changes that entire factory outlook where you move everybody down and people just fall off, and it's the survival of the fittest. It changes that whole perception of, of what you need. So if you come from a background where uh, your parents have prepared you for school, and you have the background, and they also participate in your education, there are many things that you can do at our school that uh, will be very beneficial to you. We offer uh, advanced college credit in several different departments. If you go to Goshen High School, we normally have half of the merit scholars in the county and have had. We've had uh, over 75 uh, that have been involved in that program. Uh, we have uh, a marine biology course that for 35 years has gone to the Keys. Uh, we can deliver your curriculum at home. Uh, if you were to be ill, you don't even have to come into our building. Uh, we have a variety of ways for you to get your learning. Uh, we can send you to, to Canada to study plays. Uh, if, if you like to do some more hands-on things at a school such as ours, 
Uh, we could teach you how to do filmmaking. We have uh, won some major awards in the area of <coughs> filmmaking. Uh, we also have an in-house TV program that is also uh, winning awards and is shown nationwide through our internet. Uh, we can place students in job training. Uh, uh, they can get going on their career early. Uh, we have travel experiences across the world uh, in French, German, and English. We have lots of things for those that have the background and the resources. The, the problem is, is that a lot of the students and their families don't know how to work the system, how to do school. Kids that come out of, of poverty, kids that come from minority backgrounds often don't know how to make sure they get into the right places at the right time. It is similar to what you do here at Goshen College when you get ready to send students on SST, that you take time to study the culture, learn the language, and figure out how you're going to adapt so that when you get there, you can figure out what to do and how to fit into that culture. Most of you in this room grew up in that culture, and so it doesn't take a shift. It grew up in the culture of schools, middle class, upper middle class culture, and it doesn't take a shift. For others of you, and probably you're sitting here right now and, and you can relate to this experience, there are times even at Goshen College where you feel like you don't quite get the rules and how things work. And part of what we have to do is train students in the culture of school and how to adapt to that so they can fit in. So we've tried a variety of things. We are a large school. We have over 1,700 students. Uh, we are over 40% minority students, and uh, about 40% of our students pay for their own lunch, which means that 60% are on some type of government program or not. Now, by attending a larger school, we're able to offer lots of opportunities for students. Okay. Uh, we have programs where uh, not only do we offer credit for doing uh, computer-aided drafting, but we also win statewide competitions. We have a specialized program there. St students that we have write their own plays and, put, and perform them every year. That's in addition to the things that the school sponsors. We have a child care center, uh, which keeps uh, students in school, should they have children while they're still in school, but it also is a support for our staff. Uh, we do technological things, including compete on a statewide level for uh, a car that gets the best gas mileage. Our music program, we're one of the top 100 music communities in the United States. Our, our music program has had each group finish in the top four in the state. Normally, we're highly in contention for a state championship, uh, and this is against all comers, and usually against schools much larger than we are, and schools that have much more wealth than what we have in Goshen. Uh, we have a, we, we're specialized enough because we're large enough that we can take uh, young students that come in or that uh, would take physical education classes but are at risk physically. We do extensive work with them on blood work and we help them to uh, uh, become more healthy. We can focus we have a large enough group we can focus on, the, on them. 
In addition to that, we are an international baccalaureate school, which is the highest high school curriculum in the world. It's recognized around the world. Uh, we also have advanced placement classes, and we have high pass rates. Yes, last year we passed 90% of the international baccalaureate students. For our special ed students, they have their own business that they run, and uh, it's an extremely busy business. It, they create signs of all types, and uh, that's been a great experience for our kids. One of the things that we've tried to do is figure out how kids can be at Goshen High School and not get lost and find ways to plug into some of these things. About six years ago, we wrote and received a smaller learning communities grant from uh, federal government. This is an interesting grant because it allowed us time to go visit some places and to do some studies. And, and the concept that smaller learning communities has was you take these big high schools and they're too big. So people get lost in them. And so you divide them up. Maybe take a, one that's our size and you divide it into four different high schools. And, and maybe you, you put tape on a hallway and so this is one school and you put green carpet in this hallway and that's the green school and you do this one and they all take CAD programs so they have technology skills. It didn't seem to fit for us. Uh, we didn't want to be four separate high schools. We wanted to be one high school, but we still wanted to meet the needs and make it feel like a small high school. So how do you do that? And out of it came probably the heart of what we do at Goshen High School, the study resource time or the student resource time. We call it SRT, and it is a significant four-year relationship with one adult who cares. So the freshmen that come in get into what's similar to a homeroom, but it's not quite, and I won't go into all the details of it, similar to a homeroom, and they stay with that teacher for four years. And that teacher becomes a, uh, a mentor, becomes somebody who checks grades weekly, talks to kids when they're in trouble, gets them help when they need it, pushes, pries, prods, begs, makes contact, does whatever they can. I just read recently that one of the big things that's going on right now are our are, are, are students and parents are hiding, are hiring graduation coaches. Maybe some of you have seen this. This is, this is for, for wealthier students. They get graduation coaches and, and they try to help them succeed in high school, make sure they take the right courses and, and, and take the test SAT when it's supposed to be taken and all that. Well, we don't have graduation coaches, but the SRT teacher is similar to that. Help the kids who know the system and be the mentor for those who don't know how the system works. The interesting thing is to watch at the, at the graduation ceremony after four years, the teachers meeting these students as they walk across the stage and get their diplomas. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful experience. One of the issues with American education has been the concept that when you become a senior in high school, it's time to have some fun. And I would assume that some of you in here did that. We're trying to change that perception. Unfortunately, taking the senior year off is one of the, one of the uh, practices that can be participated in that will help assure failure at a later stage. Uh, while we're in high school, we feel that if a student doesn't learn, it's because we haven't taught it well enough. However, 
when you go beyond high school, the concept is, I told them, they just didn't learn it. It's their fault. And so we feel like that we have to continue that academic preparation through the senior year. We've done that, of course, by becoming an international baccalaureate school. And this year, we're giving almost 300 IB tests. And we're giving uh, another 50 advanced placement tests. And uh, we're approaching 50% of our students graduating with some type of college credit, either through the testing procedure or through the dual enrollment offers opportunities that we have at our school. And so uh, the this, this senior year is a very critical year for doing those things with IB dual credit and staying on a strong academic track. That's part of our vision for students. Not everyone is on a four-year college track that comes out of Goshen High School. Uh, so we have some other alternatives. Merritt Learning Center is an alternative school that's across town. It, it's, it's up by uh, the bag factory, by the Dairy Queen on the, on the far side of town. Students can go there for five different reasons. For academic failure, the need to work, because they have a child, because they're a disruptive student, or because they intend to drop out. It gives them one more chance and one more way to connect and try to get the high school diploma and maybe some other skills that go with it. We also have a building trades program. For 39 years, Goshen High School has been building houses in the Goshen community, 38 houses in 39 years. The students in there learn everything from the ground up, electrical, plumbing, insulation, roofing, you name it. They do it, and they come out with some skills. We have freshman academy and some other freshman programs. These are the, these are the programs that take kids that are just below the passing of the state test and double them up in English and math to give them some help, give them some personal support to see if they can catch back up. We have programs for our English language learners. About 25% of our students speak English as a second, third, or fourth language. In our cafeteria, we have flags hanging from 50, almost 50 different birth countries represented at Goshen High School over the last five years. We have Elkhart Area Career Center where students can go for half a day to learn a trade, everything from electronics to culinary arts to welding or cosmetology. We have dual credit classes with Ivy Tech, which allows students to come out with uh, college credit that would apply for more of the technical school uh, approach if they aren't going on to a, a four-year college. We hope to have three to six hours of college credit for just as many students as we can. Let me tell you about another idea. What about this? What about having Goshen College take a few of our strong students from poverty, a few of our uh, Latino students, uh, maybe 10 to 15 of them, sprinkle them in classes here and there around your campus and work with them. Have somebody here become a mentor. Get them through and show them that they can earn college credit at a four-year institution. What would that do? What would that do for the students? What would that do for you if you were the mentor? It's something to think about and something that, that we can, at least can have discussion about. We've been on a journey. Uh, I would say that Phil probably has a much better sense in, on where he's going because I've always struggled with where I'm going. However, on this journey, we are under extreme pressure. Uh, there is a system out there right now that no one can win. 
in our county, no high school meets the standards of what the federal <laughs> government has set, uh, even though we have some very good high schools in our county. We're, they're talking a lot about graduation rate and how do you improve your graduation rate. We have to have more students uh, graduating. Uh, so in order to do that, they changed it to graduation rate in four years. Well, we had 40 students that came back for their fifth year, but those kids don't count for us. But we do have to show improvement in all the areas. The big thing that you hear now is uh, the race to the top. Race to the top will change everything about education, and we're trying to stay ahead of it. Included with that are where someone wants to measure teacher competence by standardized test. Uh, we don't know how that can be done, but certainly uh, that is uh, creeping its way into education. Anyone that's involved in education, it is about how your students learn. It's not about how you teach. And so we are learning as rapidly as we can how to measure what students are learning in our classrooms and help them to accomplish uh, what they need to accomplish there. This is uh, this chart up here, it, it, it may not make sense, but this is the, sort of the thing that we are doing. We're, we're tracking our subgroups. You've heard the term closing the achievement gap. This is uh, over from 2001 to 2007, the subgroups at Goshen High School. Most of them have an upward trend. We, are, we are, seem to be making some progress, but they keep changing the test on us, and they keep changing the bar. And so, it, honestly, it's quite tempting at times to give up, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, and, and we have some things in the pipeline that should help us. One of the things we're doing is we're working at Goshen, all the Goshen Community Schools, with Dr. Robert Marzano. He's probably the foremost researcher in education right now, today. Uh, and one of the things that he's telling us is that uh, academic vocabulary is crucial. I want to read this a second. If you are a skier, that makes perfect sense to you, and you know exactly what it is. If you are not a skier and have never skied, there's some terms in there that you know the words, but you have no idea what it means. That's academic vocabulary is applied to the, the academics, the classes you're in. For example, ASL majors, if I tell you, show me a classifier, you could do that right now. Many others of you wouldn't have a clue what a classifier is. Nursing students, if I said, what, what, what's the cardiovascular system? An image pops up in your mind, and you see this, and you see the labels almost jumping off the picture. That's because our knowledge on topics are encapsulated in images and words. And if you are a kid from poverty, you come to school thousands and thousands and thousands of words behind your middle and upper class students. That vocabulary, they have nothing to relate to. But you can, you can level the playing field. It is possible for them to make up some of the key words in any academic area that will help them learn and learn better. A second huge change that we have to make in education, and I would say that at Goshen College as well, every 
every university, is we have to get away from teaching to and get into learning. Jim said it already. It's no longer good enough to say, I taught it, they didn't learn it. If our students at Goshen High School didn't learn it, we have to examine what we're doing and we have to change what we're doing. The lead a horse to water, that's gone. You, as a teacher and an educator, have to follow what your students are learning and make sure they learn what you want them to learn. And if you do that, K through 12, what a difference that would make. We call it double-dog guarantee. What are those things in your class that you will double-dog guarantee that every student, not just most of them, but every student in your class knows? College professors, what do you, you double-dog guarantee in your classes? Because it can't be everything, but it should be those things that you think are the most essential. See, there is some hope. There is some hope that we can do things, we can make changes. We may not be able to win the game that the federal and state governments set up for us, but we can make a difference and we can improve education for our students. Well, we are on a journey. Uh, the journey is filled with challenges and changes. Uh, anytime we feel like we're beginning to figure out what that journey is supposed to be, new barriers are thrown out there and the direction changes. But it's also a very rewarding journey. Obviously, we wouldn't be career public educators if there weren't the rewards in it as well. You know, new research is being released every day. Uh, in the last 10 years with uh, the advancement in brain research, with researchers being able to look into what works in the classroom, what can we do to make kids learn at a higher level, they can actually measure how much better students will do in a classroom that follows building background knowledge, building academic vocabulary. We know at Goshen High School that students will score almost 20% better in every class that does that. We know that in our elementaries it's around 36% better. And so all we have to do is learn how to do that better. And of course, as more research comes out, we'll probably have to adjust how we're doing that. That's the journey that we're on. It's a challenging journey, full of those barriers, full of those uh, uh, rewards. But we care, because there are so many of them there that need us to care. That's it. Thank you. <laughs>